Roger Moore is James Bond, 007, in Ian Fleming's Live and Let Die. My name's Bob. James Bob. Names is for tombstones, baby. Waste him, now. James Bond is back, and wherever he drops in, it can mean only one thing. Trouble! This is the Bond adventure with more excitement, more action, more danger, and more. Much more. Roger Moore as James Bond, 007. Seven is on a worldwide manhunt. The body count is going up. And where Bond stops to visit, he leaves his mark on everything. They'll kill you. They will kill us. That was lesson number two, togetherness. Is there time before we leave for lesson number three? Absolutely. seat and hang on. If any man can show just cause where they may not lawfully be joined together. Because Bond is on the move. And if you miss this one, you'll miss the most exciting 007 adventure of them all. Welcome to Movie Humpers. I am Bob Sham. I'm Angela. The sounds you hear may be dogs, maybe. Uh, it ain't me. Not except me. Except for the talking parts. Mm. We do special reviews called randomly generated movie reviews, where we just go to a website and uh, get a virus, and we randomly generate <laughs> just a movie. It's uh, We select all categories, all eras, all times, and whatever it pops up, yeah we watch it's it's had ups and downs in its random generation we've seen some good stuff we've seen some middling stuff lately it's where you might get our bad room movie reviews because mm-hmm. all this stuff is banging especially this month is going to be a prestige month i think now let me explain everything i know okay about james bond as a character because i saw golden eye in the theater a long time ago, I only remember little cool car stuff. I don't even remember the movie that well. Mm, that's not one of the best. So the what we randomly generated here was the 1973 Live and Let Die. Yes. Starring Roger Moore, his first role as James Bond after, oh, uh, 
the old Scottish wife beater. What's his name? Sean Connery. Oh, was he before that? Sean was the first Bond. Okay, fair. I think there were like some random Bonds like in between at certain times. Yeah. There was, like there's a couple of Bonds that just were one Bond and came the and The 90s went. was Pierce Brosnan. But James Bond is so prolific enough that even though I could honestly say that there was nothing confusing about the character, the style. Like with James Bond, right? He works for, he's a secret agent who tells everyone his name, right? Mm-hmm. He uh, gets it wet all the time. All the time. He's got gadgets and stuff that is that are given to him. There's often a scene that's like, see what your new thing can do. And He has an Alfred named Q. Yeah, an, Al- <laughs> an Alfred named Q. Oh, for, sorry. These are your things you know. And yeah, don't tell me. Um, I already said he gets it wet a lot. Like he's always getting it wet. I feel like I could make it better James Bond, honestly, than the, the one we got. Like, for example, how about a completely pansexual, sexually fluid James Bond that literally fucks every other character he comes across in the that movie? That would be amazing. I would make a James Bond be like ground zero for a new type of syphilis that he's been spreading across the globe. I also okay. would, I wouldn't mind to see a James Bond movie where all his bastard children, an army of bastard children, <laughs> are trying to kill him. That would be dope. Live and let die. Maybe you know that Paul and Linda McCartney. Thank you very much. This next song is about a British secret agent, and it's full of foreign intrigue. Paul Live Lindemann. and let die. It's a good song. It I like that. Song. I like that song. And uh, it is a great song. And it's been in my head for ever since we watched this movie. It won't leave my head. Same. Um, are you done with what you know about James Bond? Yeah, I think I yeah. capped out. So this movie, this is, yeah, this is, for all intents and purposes, my first James Bond movie. Yeah. Directed by Guy Hamilton, written by Tom Mankiewicz, and based on the book by Ian Fleming. Yes. I know Ian Fleming apparently worked for British Intelligence at one point. Working actual intelligence is a lot more boring than what is presented in a this James This is probably Bond his movie. fantasy life. Now, Tom, Tom, Man, Tom Mankiewicz is the nephew of Herman Mankiewicz. Okay. Mank, you know, he's the nephew of Mank. And I said Mankiewicz. Herman's last name different <laughs> than I said Tom's, even though it's the same last name. It starred, we're starring here, Roger Moore, uh, his first James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yafit Koto, I thought he was fine, right? Yafit yeah. Koto, who is the villain. Uh, Jane Seymour, it's her introduction. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. She was a baby in this movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, not I thought you were going to say cause... babe. No. no. She's kind of a dime. I, I don't. I don't understand why she's there, but... Because there just has to be a girl for him to fuck. Or a couple girls for him These to fuck. Caribbean dudes, none of which have Caribbean accents, uh, have a white lady that sees them. Sees their fortunes in the cards. And there's this whole thing where her mother had the gift and her grandmother had the gift. But as soon as they have sex, they lose their gift. That's funny. Which is hilarious. So (laughs) she's a virgin. And Roger Moore takes her virginity. He just expects it. Like, he fucks three women in this movie. Yeah. Uh, One uh, played by Gloria Hendry. So if it was like, if you're like in the early 70s and... Maybe you're a, a, a black person in America seeking representation in your movies. And you turn to your you just watched the last Sean Connery James Bond, and you'd say to your mother, Mom, you think James Bond will ever nut in a black woman? Uh, well, he does here. A couple times. He hits it twice. 
played by Gloria Hendry. She was Rosie, who who it's revealed was working for the CIA, but was a, but was a double agent. But she seemed a little haphazard, like maybe she was just in over her head the whole time. She did not work for the CIA. But the CIA thought she was. That's called a double agent. That's no double one thought agent. she was. I thought... She said someone's name to make him think. He like, kind of uh, fed her. Okay. If he, if James really Bond's kind of a dumbass. He's then, kind huh? of a dumbass. Literally everyone was working for this this guy, this leader slash like... He was like a mobster in the U.S. but the, or a gang leader and then he was... I don't know. He was like... Go, go figure this pussy hound would totally be washed over easy by any woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets to his hotel and basically the check-in clerk's like, oh, yeah, Mrs. Bond already checked in. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that trickster, Mrs. Bond. And he's just like, what am I in for? Because he thinks, I mean, he can get out of anything. So he's never, like, afraid of anything. So he's like, oh, what girl is this? And then it just, it just plays out that, like, because the people had intel on him. They knew he was there. They planted her there. So he's, she knew enough to say. James Bond's probably a sociopath, right? Narcissist. Narcissist. I would say not a sociopath, of, but I would fear, say narcissist. Yeah, yeah. Because he just thinks he's good enough that he can get out of anything, and he thinks he can get any woman. He does care. There is there is a story later. He does get sad when Rosie gets killed. He does. And there's there's actually, um, he actually genuinely falls in love in a couple movies. But he always loses the girl. because The girl never sticks around. because Or she, she dies. She finds out, like, if she doesn't die, she finds out, like, you gave me a rare form of syphilis or gonorrhea or these genital warts that my doctor's never seen before. I don't know where you got these, but we're going to have to break up because you, you know, ruined my junk. You know, he probably has like a pin in his briefcase that he can just give himself a little shot to yeah, inoculate yeah. against whatever he might have just gotten. Um, the British intelligence and maybe is spending... Uh, the British intelligence is spending a lot of money on VD treatment for James, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, well, um, uh, well, British agents are being killed like all over the place and in New Orleans. And there's yeah. this scene where there's this funeral procession. This is so cool. And and then you discover that they're all in on it. And at first, I thought we were dealing with some kind of um, pan Africanist revolutionaries. Mm. Fighting against the the British and U.S. Uh, intelligence forces. That would have been more exciting. You know, in the spirit of RRR, the anti-colonialism, yeah. I thought we were going to get that. Because I was ready to really root for these bad guys who were all like, who are, I think it's probably the first black villain in a James Bond movie as well. I don't know. As far I as know. I know, I don't know. They're very well organized. But turns out he's just trying to get the whole country addicted to heroin well and and he's actually using these villagers beliefs mm -hmm. against them i'm not sure how accurate to make him do their bidding now i know i'm not too not sure how accurate the voodoo here is i'm sure it's all terrible and completely inappropriate but they are kind of using that to get these people to like believe in them or like support them or whatever. the store that james ducks into in new york that looks like the place where we get our special soaps and shit it's yes he literally walked in and the lady was like would you like something in heads it does seem like it does seem like when when ritualistic ancient real ritualistic stuff comes up or is you know in these specific stores that even with the best of tensions of intentions by the people who are into this kind of thing mm -hmm. that it's still something about it seems like 
you're unsure how bastardized this whole thing is becoming. So, of course, we got uh, a, a black villain, a very well-organized black army, and they're kind of cool, like, in their vibe. But, like, but you are sitting here wondering, it was like, yeah, it's just got to be voodoo, doesn't it? Like, it's all got to be, this is the James Bond Caribbean movie. We spend time in New York. We spend time in New Orleans. But but we go to the Caribbean where the heroin on the island, fortified island, is being grown. Yeah. These Kananga people are the jet-setting name. all over the world yeah. all the time. Um, We got to talk about Teehee. Yeah. Teehee is the henchman. Who has a completely robotic arm. His name is T-E-E. T-E-E-H-E-E. Mr. He. T-E-E. Uh, I loved him. <laughs> Played by uh, Julius Harris. I thought he was great. I also, I don't know the name of the other character who was sort of pretending to be the, the voodoo king god guy jeffrey holder is that actor's name he has been in a ton of stuff i most very familiar most recognized him from the um also racially probably terrible punjab from annie that was his name oh okay yeah punjab yeah he was he he was chewing up the scenes uh as best he could he has the best deep big laugh like his mouth is huge and his teeth are huge and he just and it's just so wonderful um so just like a lot of these characters were interesting. Mm. This is far from perfect. No. But, like, I won't yeah. say I had a little fun. I thought it was fun. Also, there's this... Yeah, there's all this stuff happening, but basically, James Bond has to figure out why all these agents are being killed and what's behind. But can we talk a little bit more about the funeral? The way... The, what was so cool about this was that they did it the same way. They have it so down to a thing that there's this place, there's this chain of restaurants that the, these guys kind of operate out of, and it's in New Orleans, it across the street from this restaurant. It's called, like, Filet of Soul. Yeah, that's it. Also, I can't think of it... Oh, that's a dog. Our little but coffee the, buddy. the voodoo store had a really funny name, and I wish I could remember it, but I can't. Um, but it was, like, a play on words. Silly, yeah, yeah. silly name. But, um... So they're across the street from Filet of Soul, and you watch this happen at the beginning, and then you watch this happen with one of our agents at the end who's helping. And the man is standing by the street corner, and the funeral procession starts coming, and there's the woman crying. Same woman you see at the beginning. is It's exactly the same people. There's a man playing at horns, men playing horns, and there's like a whole family procession behind them, and they're carrying the casket. In the first scene, the man, someone walks up next to him and he turns and he goes, whose funeral is this? And he takes out a knife and goes, yours! And stabs him. And then he falls in the ground. They go over and they just like sit the coffin on top of him for one second and then pick it up and he's inside. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of, that was pretty cool. That was fucking, and then all of a sudden it turns into a street parade. It's reverse coffin flop. We're allowed to show him nude because they ain't got no soul. You know? Is that a thing? But yeah, so they do, they do that again at the end and get one of our one of our friends who's trying to help Mr. Bond. But yeah, yeah. you know, it's they kind of go all over the place. There's all these scenes, but you know, Jane Seymour's reading the cards all the time, and James Bond tricks her into fucking him because he gets like a whole deck of the lovers, which she did draw the lovers earlier. But she believes the he cards bought, never lie. He bought a hundred packs of tarot cards. And only pulled out the lovers and bunched them all together, basically conned her into sleeping with them because the cards foretold. Yeah, and she'll do anything the cards want. Yeah. And, like, right after they have sex, there's this weird scene where she's kind of like, I can't see anymore. It's gone. (laughs) And she seems so sad. But at first he thinks she's sad because he took her virginity. And he's like, 
it had to happen sometime, darling. Like, it's real fucking weird. He like, straight up, like, just when he meets Rosie, mm. he just straight up is like, he meets her. It's kind of a formal thing. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, oh, well, shall we just get on with the fucking, essentially? Yeah. Like, Every woman he's around, he, he I don't he should have bent Money Penny over a desk and just took her right there. Like why? No, not? he respects Money Penny. He only he only gets it wet in people he disrespects. Well, this James Bond guy is kind of she's a dirt, probably too old he's for a him. Money Penny's probably too old for him. He probably thinks of her like an aunt. Mm. That's when that's when Rosie drops the name that makes it convincing because she says whoever his contact is, she was like. Mr. So-and-so said there would be moments like this mm. when, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then she, like, denies James Bond, but it's all a scheme because then there's, like, something in her room that scares her. And please don't leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Jane Seymour, even though she's so upset about losing her gift, immediately is like, but you're going to fuck me again, right? Mm. Like, right now? Like, they... There's, like, cool aspect. Like, you could tell that this movie was intending to be, like, unlike any James Bond you saw before in the villains and the casting... A very like this movie is mostly has a, mostly black, but then at the same time, there's a lot of like dancing and grinning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of like you know those yeah. kind of visuals that you know you've honestly seen. While you see it in a broader sense here, that is kind of like like we're still getting out of that now. Yeah. Like the sure. guy with the snake at the ritual. Like yeah, you can tell this guy definitely probably would want some better roles, but like. But he's got this role, and he's going to go 110% Absolutely. into Absolutely. that role. You know, the whole thing is find the guy, and there's this part where he's trying to figure out what's the connection between the guy in the Caribbean and the guy in New Orleans. And then he get, is meeting with the guy in New Orleans, and he's like, Mr. Big. I will not... Uh, speak on whether I fucked this little girl or not until I talk to Kananga. That was the guy's name. Yeah, Kananga. Yeah, Kananga. And and then uh, Mr. Big is like, well, and like rips his rips face his... off. Now, when you first see Mr. Big, you're like, what the fuck is wrong, wrong with, with his him? face? I thought maybe he had burn scars or something. It I, looked weird. I thought for sure that like he had face. prosthetics on his face. Just to make, oh, okay. And he did. Yeah, but I thought it was going to be some story about how, he, you know, like he had an injury. I or... thought he was going to tear that off and be did a white really? guy. Did you really? I thought he was going to tear that off. And... When oh, he start... That would have been so bad. I assumed it was prosthetics. Okay, I know. Like the second time, we, when we first see Mr. Big, he looks weird, but we don't yeah. linger. No, 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 he's Then quick. when he, James he meets him and he forces James to be in front of him, you can see him a lot more and it's like, this guy's wearing prosthetics. Yeah. And then when he starts to peel, I'm like, is this going to be a white dude? But no, it's Kananga with Mr. Big makeup or prosthetics. It's it's very bizarre. It is very bizarre. It almost just seems like just don't let anyone ever see Mr. Big and just be yourself. Like, I don't know. It was so crazy. But yeah. And then he like does this trick to see if the girl fucked James or not. And <laughs> she fails the trick, but he lets James go as though she didn't. And then when James is gone, he looks at her and he's like, why did you have to do it? I would have given you love when it was time. Yeah. Like, oh. He was like, when I was done with you, I would have fucked when you. The cards, when the cards allowed for it, I guess. Well, when he got famous after, I'm not famous, but rich after he sold his all his heroin. Seems like he's doing pretty good. I mean, he's really set up quite the operation here. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we're, we're in like a, a, we're in like a cove ba- secret base at the end. They go back and forth from Louisiana to the Caribbean mm-hmm. in this unnamed island. Yeah. And... There's like a 20 plus minute boat chase scene. 
oh, through right. the bayou. Yes. And they and they have this for comical effect. They have this goofy sheriff who's embodying like Foghorn Leghorn, really like fucked up Southern, like what how people perceive Southern people now. Hog. I mean, perceiving them as racist, especially during during this time, extremely fair play. But like, we don't all talk like Foghorn Leghorn. But but neither does anyone around him. <laughs> okay, listen, I blacked out that entire part because I hated that man so much. Mm. It was like he had the stuff in his... He was head. over, he was over the You couldn't even understand him. He was like so gross. He was essentially like Buford Pusser from Smoking the Bandit, but mm. like turned up in even more than that. Even more than what Jackie Gleason was doing in that mm. movie. Really? Yeah, he, was, he really was just completely obnoxious but i felt like the boat scenes the chase scenes themselves were actually pretty cool that was pretty cool and that was when it reminded me of like sort of like a fast and furious kind of situation because these boats were going over roads yeah, and yeah. Like they crashing go through like one wedding. river into the next or like yeah. the wetlands or whatever yeah they crashed through a wedding yeah which we dope. both were like We've seen this before. Yeah, I think I did have randomly seen that scene. I before. think that might be something that was parodied in something that we saw. The only thing I know is James Bond parodies. Yeah. Prior to James Bond, I feel like I do know this world. Yeah. That's how prolific this is in pop, pop culture. Definitely. But James Bond is like dirty, kind of a dirty piece of shit. Yeah. Like truly. Yeah. So he goes back to the island. I think he's kidnapped Solitaire, who is Jane Seymour. Mm hmm. And he goes to the island. Oh, there's a part where he's running across alligators. That was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so we go back to the hidden fortress. And James did not kidnap Solitaire. Kananga did. So he's going to save her again. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant to say. But so is this whole, the most stereotypical aspect of any James Bond movie is the master plan. And then James gets out of it. In the evil lair. Yeah. by He has a magnetic watch that he gets, like, some canister. And then he hits Kananga with the canister. And, and it inflates things. And it inflates Kananga. And he goes up, which looks wild. With it some, looks insane. With some 1973 effects. It's a little, like, crazy looking. Yeah. And so Kananga, like, balloons out, goes up into the air, and explodes. Yeah. And then James Bond, um, you know, makes some kind of like, he's always charming and is like, hey, let's fuck again. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. end of Live and Let Die, essentially, right? We might have sure. skipped some things, but you can piece together what it, what this is. Totally. There's like this sort of comic button on the end where they go on like a sleeper train, him and Jane Seymour. That's right. And um, Teehee shows up. One last fight scene with Teehee, which James calls him Butterclaws at some point. Like as Butterfingers. A as a joke. Yeah. And Butterclaws is a better name than, <laughs> than Teehee. They called this motherfucker Teehee. I, I do understand that, but Butterclaws is an insult. You're reading the script and you're like, what's my <laughs> badass robotic arm dude's name going to be? Teehee. Not all good. <laughs> Not all good. Definitely some problems. Well, James James does defeat Teehee, if you're wondering if Teehee murders James Bond uh, mm. at the very end, but James Bond overcomes. And then he gets back into bed with Jane Seymour the end yeah she didn't see any of that happen live and let die Boom. i do i do like that song quite a bit yeah it's a good song so we're gonna hump this movie 
And at the end of it, we're going to randomly generate a new one. This which is my is, favorite part. Which is always exciting, right? But you're going to give it one through five. I'm going to give it one through five. Best out of ten. I think I'm going to just go 2.5. You're going right down the middle. Right down the middle. Because there, there was some fun stuff, but there was some bad stuff. I almost went even lower than that, but I don't think it's no, I don't think I'm worse lower. than that. I think you could argue better, but I can't because of all the things we just talked about that are like gross and British. <laughs> Real anti-British week this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> British racism against Caribbean people. Yeah. There I'll- is some- um, uh, interracial love. I mean, most of this movie, uh, half of this movie takes place in the U.S., we should say yeah, that. Yeah. In a lot of ways, this movie is stupid. Yeah. But I won't say I wasn't entertained. Yeah, it was fun. Like, I was in it. I was, like, kind of letting it wash over me. I did like um, Yafit Koto as Kananga. I thought yeah. he had good presence. He did. I thought he actually was kind of a cool villain. Mm-hmm. I just wish, you know, maybe that story-wise, everything was a little more... But this is these are meant these are big time action movies of the day. This movie cost seven million dollars in its day and made one hundred sixty one point eight million dollars. So yeah. this was like this was the height of action and these, in its time. And these books, like I don't know that there was much more story to pull from. I mean, Ian Fleming, they were like pulp novels. They were de- you know? definitely pulpy. So yeah. so you know, I don't know that there was much more that wasn't put in the movie you sure, know sure. so i think they stay pretty true to that idea i'm gonna give it a you know i'm gonna give it a three okay and so that makes it that brings it to a five and a half yeah that makes it that is a c kind of a c plus i think plus-ish. that's fair for this movie yeah yeah let's see would have felt too high i think and i think at least that roger moore and yafit koto they no complaints as far as like casting and their portrayal. They did what they were there to do. There you go. Right in between uh, Mank and Black Hat is Live and Let Die, our first James Bond film discussion. <laughs> fun, okay. fun, fun. Maybe we'll come back to more Bonds. There are like so many of there, these movies. There's a few that I'd really like you to watch with me. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see. Okay. There's a lot, so <laughs> there is an insane maybe the biggest franchise out there, honestly, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Are there even a, a there's a lot of Marvel movies. Are there even as much as there are James Bond movies? Well, James Bond was straight up from like the sixties until they're still making them. Yeah. So yeah, so, there's more yeah. James Bond. <laughs> but now it is time. Here we go. I'm gonna hit this button. Randomly, do you have any hopes and dreams for what this might be? Oh, gosh. Previously, on the last one, we wanted it to be made before 1980, and we got our wish. We did get our wish. I wanted, yeah, before 1980, but last time I was hoping for, like, a legit black and white, like, something I had never really heard of before. So I'm going to go with that again. I want it to be something I don't know anything about. Yeah, yeah, that's always what we want. Mm -hmm. Something fresh that we don't know. That we would have not thought of. All right, it's happening. Strap in, hold on to your butts. Should we do drum rolls? We are going to be discussing the 2005 movie starring Barney Clark, Ben Kingsley, Jamie Foreman, and we ain't leaving Great Britain because we're watching the 2005 Oliver Twist. Okay.
Do you know I was in the musical Oliver in high school? No, I didn't. I was the milkmaid. If, if only I had a time machine to go back and check that out. But we are going to see this. Is this our first musical? Is this going to be is our this first? Going to be a musical? I don't think this is a musical. I only know this is a musical. I mean, I know it's a Dickens novel. So yeah. I guess it's not purely a musical. So, but yeah, we're going to watch fucking Oliver Twist. I don't know who directs it. I'm just going to guess Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> I'm just going to guess it's Kenneth. I don't know if it is, but I think I'm just going to guess. Uh, he does good with Shakespeare, so maybe it'll be okay. All right, so our next randomly generated movie review, you'll probably get it next month, along with Let the Right One In, which is our, our movie roulette our movie roulette selection where we pull from categories we made. And one of my very favorite movies. Yeah, she loves that movie. So er, next month, Let the Right One In and Oliver Twist from 2005. I know the story, but I didn't even know this was made, and I'm pretty sure it's not a musical, and so it's probably just not going to be fun. I know the one that was... What, 60s or 70s? Mm-hmm. I watched that as a kid, so we'll see. We'll see. Consider uh, yourself at home. All right. <laughs> Let's not do this right now. Get ready. All right, check the show notes for links and places to find us. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors in the British Empire. Mm-hmm.